is it will be impossible for me to ever forgive them. And yet, a large petition with thee bring for his grace and power such none can ever ask too much. I would be willing to, not only willing to say, but I, I will say that probably every single person in this room this morning has a broken relationship presently or in their past where that offense that has been perpetrated against you still comes up. There are offenses that have been perpetrated against me, and I have said, I forgive, and guess what? They still pop up. Let me tell you, I think one of the boldest prayers we can pray is that God fill me so much with your love that I will completely forgive and forget such that that offense is now blotted out. By the way, just like my sin was blotted out by you, Jesus, who <laughs> paid for it completely in full, that that offense against me might be completely blotted out so it no longer comes up as an issue in my relationship with this, this person. I think that's a bold prayer to pray. Why? Because we so love ourselves and we want to hang on to that leverage that we have over that person. And yet Christ-like love means this. We forgive like Jesus forgave. Secondly, honesty. And the honesty is a bold prayer. And let's face it, we struggle to be honest. We struggle with being hypocrites. So honesty is essential to spiritual growth, just like love is essential to spiritual growth. And in verse 10, Paul speaks about being pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So we're not only to love like Christ, but we're to live like Christ. Christ is the perfect one, pure and blameless. And so we're to live like him. And, and what Paul is praying for here is for the Philippians to be honest in that they are pure and blameless. They are pure and blameless vessels through which love can flow unhindered and without bringing offense. So let's, let me try to explain that. We often play the hypocrite, don't we? We, we try to hide and cover up our sin and our imperfections. We want to appear whole and holy, like we have it all together. Uh, we want our families to, to be viewed as being really all together and, and perfect. I was just speaking with someone this week who was concerned about the fact that it's so hard to really be honest in the church because everybody appears to be so holy. In other words, we do a very, very good job of makeup, of applying that mask to hide the true 
itself. And we put on this mask and we appear to be well and happy, but yet behind it is pain and behind it is a struggle to love even ourselves. And so Paul's concern is for the Philippians not to to put on a mask that as the world looks, they see these Christians that appear to love one another. After all, in 1 John, we learn that they will know you by, by your love. In other words, they're, how the Christians love one another will show that they really are the children of God. But yet, when we put on that mask of hypocrisy, at some point, the true self is going to be revealed. The love is going to be shown to be fake. And the world is going to take notice and say, oh my goodness, those Christians put on such an act that they love one another. But when it really gets down to it, they don't love one another. What hypocrites they are. And see, that brings an offense. Hypocrisy brings an offense to God's name. It brings, it's a black mark on God's name. And the world takes notice of our hypocrisies. Well, here's what I think Paul is saying in, in, in light of that. We need to be who we are. And here's who we are, according to Paul. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And so Paul describes us as jars of clay. That implies that we're fragile, <laughs> that we so easily uh, can be nicked and cracked, and we are. In fact, I think a better, a better way to understand jars of clay is crackpots, because that's exactly who we are. But these jars of, jars of clay, these, these vessels susceptible to shattering these cracked pots, these marred cups contain the treasure of the gospel. And what's interesting, it's because of the cracks, the imperfections, the sin, that the gospel actually goes forth more powerfully, that love flows more unhinderedly. When we are honest and admit our faults, when we admit that it is difficult to forgive, when we say it is hard for me to love that person, and we don't hide it, we're honest, we actually become a vessel where love can flow more readily without being an offense. And so here's, here's an illustration that the late Dr. James Montgomery Boyce gave that is from the ancient world. In the, if you go to, to Israel today, to Palestine, you can find potsherds all over the place. And so pottery was very important. It's the primary way archaeologists date various sites in, in Israel. And so there in the ancient world, in, in Paul's day, for example, they would be making pots, the potter would make pots, and they inevitably crack. And the idea was you should just simply discard that cracked pot, just throw it away. But yet, some... Um, dishonest potters, not that any potter could be dishonest, but a dishonest potter and, and dealers 
would take uh, these cracked pots and they would use wax. They, they would actually uh, blend the wax in to look uh, consistent with the coloring of the pot and they would fill those cracks and they would sell them as first quality pieces. And so, but there was a little bit of a test that you could take. Most of these shops were inside. The light was poor, and so you'd see that pot. It would look perfectly fine. You would buy it first quality. But if you took it outside and held it up to the light, you could see where the wax had been applied. You could see the crack. And so some of the, uh, the, the merchants there actually would sell their first quality pieces, and they would label it sun-tested. Verified, no cracks. Well, we are to be sun-tested, not S-U-N, but S-O-N tested. And when our little jars of clay are held up to the sun and compared to him, our cracks and imperfections, our chips, our discolorations are, are magnified many times over. And so we try to cover them up with wax. But honesty, the type of honesty that Paul is praying about here, means that we should not cover up our imperfections. We should not apply the wax. We should not fall into hypocrisies. Rather, we should trust God to use our imperfections to show forth the depth and power of his love throwing, flowing through us. And a bold prayer is to live honestly because we so want to appear like we've got it all together. But it's an odd business that through the cracks, through the imperfections of our clay jars, love flows most brilliantly and blesses most profoundly. And so what Paul is saying here is that one of the ways that love is hindered in our lives is through hypocrisy. And he is saying, boldly pray that God would give you the strength and the ability to live honestly, not hypocritically. Paul himself said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you repeating Jesus' words, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly on my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. And then thirdly and lastly, dependence. Dependence is a bold prayer. Why? Because we are so independent. Jim mentioned this in his uh, statement with regard to the, the devotional that was read this morning. Dependence is essential for spiritual growth. Paul prayed for their dependence on Christ to fuel this abounding love and this growing in honesty. In verse 11, Paul speaks of the fruit, but it's fruit that we do not bear. It is 
it's the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ. It is the fruit that Christ produces and gives to us. It is, the, it is only this fruit of righteousness that empowers us to live in such a way that God is glorified and that love may abound and honesty might be the way that we live. And so Paul prays that the Philippians would more and more depend upon Christ, abide with Christ, so that his fruit of righteousness, his redeeming work, his love might fuel our love and that it might abound more and more and that it might remove the wax so that we live honestly until the day of Christ. In John 15, 4 through 5, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And what Paul reminds us of here is that the only way that we can love, like Christ's love, abundantly more and more is to depend on Jesus, to believe on him, to embrace him. The only way that we can live honest lives, non-hypocritically, lives that are genuine and authentic so that love is not hindered but flows through us to bless is to depend on Christ, to believe on Him, to embrace Him. And all of this is communicated to us in various ways through the table that is set before us. In fact, this table really reflects this bold prayer that Paul makes. This table calls believers to continually stay connected to Him, to abide with Jesus. And just like a branch is, is connected to the vine and, and receives that life-giving sap, so we remain by faith connected to Jesus and, and receive that, that life-giving, that life-changing power that Paul describes here as the righteousness, the fruit of the righteousness of Christ. We, we are called to feed spiritually upon this spiritual food presented here. And again, that reflects what Paul says in verse 11, that we are to depend wholly upon Christ. And so Paul prayed this bold prayer confidently. He was able to pray this bold prayer that, that, that his brothers and sisters in Philippi might truly love one another and love the lost abundantly more and more and might live honest, non-hypocritical lives so that, that this amazing love that God is working in them might flow unhindered without the world saying offense. He prays that confidently because of what is said in verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion 
at the day of Jesus Christ. And so let's, let's bring it down to you and to me. Who are you having trouble forgiving? Who are you having trouble loving? What are you covering up with the wax? If you're wondering why you're not growing spiritually, if you're wondering why you're not progressing in the Christian life, I would suggest to you that it's because of this lack of Christ-like love and this life of hypocrisy. And so what do you do with that? Where do you go with that? There is a prayer that I would commend to you. It is not my prayer. It is not even a prayer of a church historian or a saint. It's a prayer the Apostle Paul prayed that so much aligns with this prayer in Philippians 1, 9 through 11. It's a prayer of sanctification. It's a prayer for spiritual growth. It's a prayer that says, I need the love of Christ to fuel me so that I overflow with his love. It is a prayer of knowledge that I might know the height and breadth and depth of the love of Christ. It is a prayer of power that that one who is a vessel of this type of love, God says that I will do amazing things through them. So here's the prayer. Wherever you're struggling today with struggling to love like Christ and struggling to live an honest life, Paul says, turn to Jesus and flee to him. And I would come in, pray this prayer. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations crackpots who are filled with the abounding love of Christ more and more will bring glory to God let's pray father in heaven I ask you to first work in my life and show me where I am waxing up my cracks <laughs> and Lord, that I would see that as being so harmful to the Christian life and a black mark upon your name. 
I pray, Father, that you would show me and show us where we are struggling to love like Christ. And so, Lord, cause us to turn to you and to believe and to receive the powerful love of Christ as Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, and that you would, through that faith, Lord, just pour out your love in our hearts that, that we would overflow with the love and power of Christ, that we would overflow so much that the spillover would be the love of Christ through us, other people receive. And so, Father, we pray for that love, and we pray for that honesty, and we know, oh God, that even though we don't understand it, that even through our imperfections, you will be glorified as the powerful love of Christ is so magnified in weak and cracked vessels such as ourselves. And so we pray that you would do your perfect work, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.